even though my wife and I have been together for well over 30 years and uh, we've raised our kids together, we've been so caught up sometimes in our own roles that we don't ask each other, how's it going? How has life been for you? Um, and we find that the more we enter into each other's worlds, the better our communication is, the deeper our connection. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley. He heads our marriage department here. And Jim Daly talked with Greg and his wife, Erin, about ways to enter into your spouse's world. And regardless of how long you've been married, I think you're going to find this very helpful. There's a distinction between sympathy and empathy. Uh, and, you know, a spouse can feel sympathetic, but you, you believe that's not the goal empathy is where you need to move to. What's the difference? Hmm. Well, when Erin shared what it was like for her over the many years of, of cooking, I could have instantly, you know, sympathized and gone, oh yeah, that must have been rough, man. That's, that's terrible. I bet that was hard. But sympathy is when we feel bad for someone. So I could feel bad for her in that moment. But empathy is very different than that. Empathy is actually stepping into um, their shoes and and feeling it with them. So what is it like to be them? What is it like? What would it be like for me if I had been carrying something that Greg felt completely alone with? What would that be like? Well, I would understand that. So really, it's entering in with them. And she was able to, through that conversation, to go, well, you know how you felt over the past couple of weeks, you know, where you fret and you're asking this and that and all day long you're worried about, you know, will I be able to serve the, the gluten-free people and the dairy-free people? She <laughs> goes, you remember what that was like? Like, what was that like for you? So she asked me that. And so I was like, man, it's just stressful and I fret all day long. Like, I worry about this. And I was like, oh, that's... That's what it's been like for See, you. See, I would have just done hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> or the cereal. Is. That would yeah. last like three days. No, I wanted then... to get in. I wanted to try in, yeah. in to, to learn how to do this. No, that's good. Cook. He's become a really so great So I'm inviting cook. everybody over, and yeah, I will cook excellent. for you a hot dog. So. Yeah, gluten-free. <laughs> gluten-free <laughs> gluten hot dog. Dairy-free hot dog. Dairy yes. free <laughs> hot dog. Let, me, let me ask you this question, because we look at the data. All three of us are looking at the data that comes into focus about marriage and trouble in marriage, and yeah. finances is one. Uh, but also the distinction between emotional intimacy, what we're really talking about, and physical intimacy. Those two are close uh, to the top in terms of marital strife and difficulty. And I think the question for me is one of weaponization. Mm. You know, in that loneliness, we can begin to weaponize those things where we get attitudes and we build barricades in our heart and even physically, you know, toward our yeah. spouse. Uh, whether we're not feeling we're getting enough emotional connection or we're not getting enough physical, physical connection. Sure. Mm -hmm. Speak to that attitude issue that can really poison a marriage in that area, because I think that sets up these islands of loneliness. You know, wives are desperate for that emotional connection, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if they don't get it, perhaps they're cutting off physical intimacy with their husbands. Yeah. And I don't even know that it's often an intentional, I'm cutting that off. It's just not there. It's just for a woman, you know, feeling emotionally connected is such, sex is such an overflow um, of that emotional connection. And so sometimes when they're feeling emotionally disconnected, it might be that they start looking out here, you know, to get that emotional connection from girlfriends, from their kids, from their jobs, and they start looking elsewhere 
versus when they feel connected with their spouse, well, that is that natural overflow. So it's yeah. it's always, for me, I kind of go, God, how come you made it like that? Because I know for a man, when they have sex, they feel connected. Greg, I really appreciated hearing you and Aaron and the ways that you kind of try to enter into each other's worlds. There is undoubtedly someone listening who is thinking, well, I want to show empathy, but every time I try, my spouse just uh, complains or talks over me and doesn't listen. So what to do in that situation? What do you think? I think one of the best analogies that have helped me do exactly what you're talking about. And I've used it before on our podcast, but it's that Wizard of Oz analogy. So you, you think back to that movie when Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Lion and the whole team is in front of the wizard. What you're seeing is this loud, booming voice, this fiery face, everybody's scared. That is such a great image of when someone is angrier, when they're complaining. Because remember from the movie, the little dog Toto runs over, pulls back the curtain, and all of a sudden you see that behind the fiery face and the booming voice is this old man, frail, working the controllers. And remember he shouts out, pay no attention yes. to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yes. When when Aaron is complaining, when Aaron is is super upset, I have to remember that that's like that movie, that Mm. I'm seeing the fiery face. Something, though, is going on behind behind the curtain. curtain. Mm. And if I'm willing, instead of reacting in in trying to combat the wizard, what if I really go after the quote-unquote man behind the curtain? Um, what that usually means when when Aaron is complaining, if she's complaining, I'm not insinuating that she does that, but I'm sure there's moments. I I know there's something else going on. I, I it's probably a frustration. Maybe she had a certain expectation about me. Maybe it's a desire that hasn't been met for her. Um, maybe it's an unfulfilled promise that I made that, mm. that hasn't happened. So maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's an insecurity. Um, it could be that we're really disconnected. So I'm seeing the, the the wizard, the complaining. Behind it, though, something else is going on. If I'm willing then to pursue that. So instead of debating and arguing and challenging the complaint, if, if I go... Something like, um, yeah, Aaron, I can see you're you're super frustrated. Um, you know, t- tell me more about that. What what's really going on for you? And and I can kind of assume that I, I imagine you're frustrated about something, or maybe, you know, you're maybe you're feeling real disconnected right now. Like, what? Help me to better understand what's going on. Well, you, you, you. So the moment she starts pointing and saying the you, 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 there's a great verse, Ecclesiastes. 721. So in the Old Testament, King Solomon makes this great piece of advice. Don't pay attention to every word that someone says. So as Aaron's going, you, and she's complaining, I can dodge that stuff. And what I'm trying to do is to not get hooked by the you and whatever she's complaining about, but to go, okay, so, so, you know, as, as all that's happening, Aaron, what, you know, how does that make you feel? You you go after the emotion. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. I understand that something's behind the curtain, I, I want to go then after her heart, her emotions. I, I know something is going on. Tell me, tell me how that feels. Or I can see you're frustrated. Tell me what's going on 
just, just, you know, emotionally for you. And usually may, she might resist a little bit because she's like, what is he trying to do? Or, you know, he's trying to trick me. He's or, not listening. But, yeah. but honestly, John, in all the years I've tried to do that, and I, I don't do that every time, but when I do that, I eventually get her talking about the hurt, the fear, the, the frustration, the insecurity, the disconnection. And man, that just really draws me in. Then when I get to see her heart and how she's hurting, that it, it creates such an easy place then for me to empathize with her. Mm-hmm. Now I'm caring. Now there's compassion. Oh, man. And, and here's what I would say. So try this. Say, man, that makes total sense that you'd feel that way. That That's validating. Tell, tell me more about that. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. I, that would feel awful yeah. if that was happening to me. There's just a way that, that, that I watch her then emotions just really calm down. And because you never want to tell her to calm down, relax. That sounds invalidating. You, yes. Yeah. yeah. Where Versus, were you, by the way, last night? <laughs> as my uh, dear wife was, she was dealing with a lot on her plate. And yeah. She just kind of melted down. And I, I, why weren't you there for me, man? Because, well, <laughs> right, it's hard. And that's all yes. I'm saying is that I blow this. It's hard because we get tripped up by the I got, words, I by got the complaining. Fix it. I got totally. in fix it mode. Totally. I tried to say, oh, yeah, but. And, it just I, doesn't connect you at all. I apologized this morning. The first thing I said, I am so sorry. That's all perfect. I needed to give you last night was a hug. And I tried to do that, but word hugs don't work for yeah. you. I needed just to hold you and say, I'm so sorry. Well, in, in the realities, John, with, with between Aaron and I, you know, oftentimes, honestly, we, we do it all wrong in the beginning, even though we talk about how to do it right here on our podcast show. If I'm being honest, it, it, yeah, a lot of times it's actually us going back to repair, like you did. It's it's the next day yeah, going. Yeah. All right, last night I was an idiot. I blew it. Oh, <laughs> I tell, didn't go that tell far. Me, Come yeah, on, tell me what was going on. I'd really like yeah. to hear. I, I apologize. The repair still is what really strengthens the relationship and the connection between the two of us. Yeah, and I left for work this morning thinking, okay, we're we're in a good spot because last night. It wasn't bad, but she had recovered a little bit from some of the emotions, and I had recovered from my uh, fix-it mode. So uh, <laughs> we, left, we left so off. So you guys repaired it. Well, that's, that, that's one and time that I did it right. you were more connected, yes. I guarantee you. Totally, that. yeah. Speaking of, Reconnected, that's the book title uh, that Greg and Aaron have written. It's uh, a terrific resource for communicating with and uh, really having a deeply emotionally resonant uh, relationship with your spouse. Wouldn't it have been weird if you were like, yeah, it's it's okay. It's a mm, okay resource. <laughs> yeah, well, and yes. I'm sitting right no, here looking phenomenal. at you. It's a terrific it's resource. It's probably of all the books you've ever seen. No other book Focus. comes to mind. Get Thank this you. book. I, if you have no other marriage books, get Reconnected. It's available for a gift of any amount to the ministry. And uh, we're going to link over to it in the show notes, and Greg will sign each, and uh, I don't think we can do that. <laughs> yeah, now, the please. entirety of our conversation uh, that Jim and I had with Greg and Aaron uh, is available on the website. Look for the free digital download of it. We'll link over to that in the episode notes. More from the Smallies next time. For now, I'm John Fuller on behalf of Greg and the team. Thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. <laughs>